Welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. And I'm glad that you have joined our program for today. I will remind you that we do have a website. If you have not already visited, you may go to www.marshillcoc.org. Again, Mars Hill coc.org and there is information there about our congregation our meeting times and uh, things of that nature Uh, we have information there related to the radio program Um, but one of the most important things that is on there is our contact information and you can find our address there our phone number and there's also a place for you to send us a message through the website, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, Any comments, any questions, any concerns, anything that we might help you with, uh, feel free to contact us. We would love to hear from you. Again, that website is www.marshillcoc.org. Our lesson for today is on facing our storms like Jesus. We are in the third installment of Storms of Life, and this is the third lesson in in this last one that we've been looking at. Uh, We have been looking at different storms. We looked at Jonah and how his storm was a storm of his own making and how he dealt with that storm, uh, how it affected him. And uh, we see there were consequences to his actions. Of course, he he tried to run away from God and was unsuccessful in doing so, as we might imagine him to be. We also looked at the disciples and the storm that they faced with Jesus in the boat. I can tell you that if I were to face a storm, I would want Jesus in the boat with me. Well, he was there. He was physically present with them, and yet they were fearful of the storm, and so they did turn to the right place. But, uh, of course, Jesus addresses their faith, um, a faith that needs to be strengthened. And so we see uh, the storm that they face. And over the last couple of weeks, we have been looking at facing our storms like Jesus. And we have looked at, so far, the storm of temptation. We have looked at the storm of sorrow. And today we are going to look at the storm of suffering. And our text for today will come from Luke 22. If you would like to be turning in your Bibles to that chapter, Luke 22. And we'll be looking specifically at verses 39 through 46. Before we get into our lesson for today, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the many blessings 
that you have given to us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together. We thank you for your word, for the ability that we have to study it together, to grow in our understanding, to grow in spiritual maturity. We pray, Father, that you would bless us and bless our example to the world around us. And we pray that we would do what we can to lead lost souls to you. We pray that you would continue to bless those around us, our family, friends, loved ones. We pray that you would continue to bless them and their lives. And and we, we pray, Father, that we would be a blessing as well. We thank you for your son, for his sacrifice for our sins, for all that he means to us. And it is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. Before we get into what we are discussing for today, I thought I would do somewhat of a review just to give you a, an idea of what we have been discussing in case this is your first time listening. So far, we have looked at the storm of temptation, and we are looking at this from the perspective of Jesus, how Jesus faced the storms that, that were around him. Uh, that came upon him. Jesus faced storms. And when we think uh, of this metaphorical storms of life that we're looking at, we can see Jesus in a physical body, living just as we are, breathing just as we are, and just as we are tempted in the flesh. So Jesus was also tempted in the flesh. It is not a sin to be tempted. It is a sin to be overcome by our temptations. But Jesus showed us by facing each of the types of temptations that we face even today. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In facing those storms, those temptations, Jesus overcame them. Jesus did not give in to them. He overcame them by scripture and faith in God. And we too can do the same. He showed us that we can overcome our temptations. And so we are encouraged not to be taken in by the things of the world, not to to love the world more than we love God, not to be overcome by, by the temptations that we often face. We also looked at Jesus' storm of sorrow in John chapter 11, verses 17 through 37. Jesus faced sorrow. He was sorrowful. It was a storm, and he overcame that sorrow to be victorious in in what he was planning to do and what God had planned for him to do. He knew that he would raise Lazarus from the dead, and yet he was sorrowful for his friends. Sorrow is something that we often face, and, and how we face that sorrow. We can allow that sorrow to overcome us. We can allow sorrow over 
some event that has happened in our lives or or something that has happened to others to cause us to sin. We can allow that sorrow to cause us to sin. Jesus was sorrowful, but he was not overcome by his sorrow. And so we have that that idea in mind that even though it is a storm of life, that we can be sorrowful. And even Jesus, knowing what he was going to do, as we, we determined from verse 23 of John chapter 11, he knew what he was going to do. And yet he was sorrowful. Just as we would be sorrowful over someone or something, Jesus, too, was sorrowful. But we also learned that we are not alone in our sorrows. There are always brothers and sisters around us to help us in time of sorrow. And we know that we have God, God and Christ, that if we are in Christ, we are not alone. That God is right there with us, even in the midst of our sorrows. And so we move on today and we look at the storm of suffering. Jesus suffered just like any of us would, and especially when it comes to how he died and the events that led to that. Jesus suffered. And yet, in that suffering, we see him also victorious. Suffering is a storm, and and like sorrow, if we suffer, uh, there is that that possibility that we can turn away from God. We should not be hindered in our faith. We should know that that God is, is once again with us, even in our suffering. Luke 22, beginning with verse 39, we are going to look today at Jesus' prayer in the garden. Luke 22, and beginning with verse 39. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray lest you enter into 
temptation. As we look at Jesus' prayer in the garden, we find him sorrowful. We see the extent of his sorrow in verses 43 and 44. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. The sorrow with which Jesus was afflicted in this moment, the suffering, the pain, the agony that he was going through, was really more than a physical body could withstand. And we see in verse 43 that an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. When he needed strength, He was provided strength in the form of an angel from heaven. He was in agony and he prayed more earnestly. And it says that his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. It has been studied, and when we look at at the pain and the agony, the the things with which the physical body is afflicted, we see that it can be so much that, that literally blood comes out in sweat. And it's hard for us to imagine that. But, but his sweat became as great drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus was in pain. He was suffering over what was to come. He, he prayed so earnestly, so fervently. He prayed so deeply. He suffered in what he was going through. He says in this prayer, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus, from the very beginning of his ministry, was focused on doing the Father's will. And even in this moment, even when facing a situation that he did not want to face, he knew that his Father's will must be done. And I'm certainly reminded of of the golden passage of the Bible, or what is often referred to as such, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, 
but should have everlasting life. God loved the world, and it was his will that the world be saved, and the only way that the world could be saved would be through the offering of a perfect sacrifice. That perfect sacrifice being Jesus, the Son of God. And so uh, as we look at at what Jesus is about to face in, in the crucifixion, even in preparing for that, he suffered greatly in prayer. We see also that his disciples, they, they, they had trouble staying awake with him while he prayed. Was it that they didn't care? Was it that, that they were somehow uh, unaffected by all of this? I think rather that they were affected by it. I think that they prayed too. Maybe they didn't pray as deeply as Jesus did, but they prayed. And it, you know, sometimes it comes to the point where, where physically, our bodies are just unable to stay awake. Uh, if you've been going for for hours and uh, maybe you don't know what is ahead. Maybe uh, there's just so much that 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 you fear or, or whatever. You know, it comes to a point where the body just can't take it any more of it, and we get to where we can't stay awake. Maybe you've you've felt that way that you just couldn't stay awake no matter how much you wanted to. And, and I think that's what they were going through. I think they prayed too. And yet they, they just couldn't stay awake. In Matthew's account, in Matthew 26, verses 36 through 46, we read of the reaction of Jesus and the reaction of the disciples. Three times Jesus left his disciples to pray. And upon his first return, he woke them from their sleep with the warning for them to be watchful and vigilant. Upon his second return, however, he left them as they were. Maybe he understood their own agony and and just the, the fact that they were physically unable to bear their sufferings in that moment. So much mystery, so much unknown. Uh, that Jesus tried to prepare them for, and, and yet uh, they, they, they couldn't be prepared for it. Uh, even Jesus himself, I, I imagine, struggled to prepare himself for this moment, hence the prayer in the garden. But whatever he was feeling or, or thinking or whatever he understood, he left them alone. The second time. Upon his third return to them, he warned them of what was to come. And so we have this warning that they should rise and pray, lest they too enter into temptation. Remember that temptation is not a sin in and of itself, but being overcome by that temptation when we could overcome. 
when we should overcome, that is another matter. And we see that some of them at least were tempted. And and really all of them were. And all of them, we see, rejected Jesus in the moment of his arrest. At first they were ready to defend him. And yet we read also that, that all of them forsook him and fled. They suffered too. They were, in a sense, overcome by the temptation of suffering. And they did flee from him. Uh, Some of them didn't go very far. We think of John, the one who is referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved. We see that he was close, and, and we know that Peter was at least present in the trial, though he Uh, or not in the trial necessarily, but he could see, he knew what was going on, and yet he denied Jesus. Seems that they were all overcome, at least for a moment, for a short time, because they all left him and fled. But Jesus told them to pray, to be watchful, to be ready, and to pray. When we think of Jesus, and we're not going to take the time to read all the verses, we don't have the time to do so, but but just let's just notice, let's just think for a moment of all the things that Jesus suffered going forward from the garden. Oh, indeed, he suffered in the garden. Of that there is no doubt. He suffered greatly in prayer to his father. But he suffered much more going from the garden. Uh, Again, he was forsaken by those closest to him in his arrest. He faced an unlawful trial, but a trial nonetheless, a trial in which he was found guilty, though he had done no wrong. He was found deserving of punishment, though he had not sinned, though he had not broken any laws. They felt that he spoke blasphemy, and so he was convicted. Of such. We think of the beatings, the mockings, the scourgings, the fact that he was forced to carry his own cross until he appeared unable to bear it alone. He was hung on a cross. And not just hung on a cross, not just hung in humiliation. Most of those, from what I understand, that that were hung on a cross were tied to the cross. Jesus wasn't just tied to the cross. He was nailed to the cross in his hands and his feet. 
to think of the, the physical pain and torture that that must have been. To have nails driven, driven through his hands and his feet. But not only that, but he also had a crown of thorns placed upon his head. The physical pain that, that he must have suffered must have been so great. And yet he went through all of this for you and for me. He was stripped of his clothing in which they, they cast lots and gambled for it. He, he was mocked and ridiculed. The things that they said to him were, were things that they would say to a king in some ways, but it was all in mockery and all in jest and joking. He was humiliated before the people. And upon that cross, he died. He bore our sins and sorrows on the cross with him. And that must have been a burden as well. In all of this time, he had suffered with his disciples in their grief and sorrow over what was to come. And he tried to warn them. He tried to comfort them. But they did not understand Jesus suffered greatly in this life. He suffered even more so in his death. Yet we know that, that it wasn't the end, that, that he rose victorious, that he was resurrected from the dead. But Jesus suffered. Oh, how he suffered. And his suffering is an example to all of us. When he suffered, whenever he couldn't bear what he was bearing alone, he went to his father in prayer. And we have the ability to do the same and to again realize that we are not suffering alone, but that we are doing so with Christ. But he is there. He has suffered much on our behalf so that we wouldn't suffer all the things that we deserve to suffer. And he is there with us whenever we suffer, even today, no matter what it is that we may be suffering from, whether it be physically suffering or, or mentally or, or spiritually. He knows our sufferings. He has faced all of those sufferings. And we know that we are not alone. That he understands. That he understands what we are going through. Always. That he is always with us. Jesus overcame temptation. He overcame sorrow. And he overcame suffering. And in doing so, he shows us how to overcome each of these today. We can overcome with our faith. 
just as the, the disciples, a, faith, a trial of faith, we can overcome with our faith. And we should. We have the ability. We have the understanding. We have the examples before us. I do pray that we overcome whatever we face with our faith still intact. Faith in God. I hope this has been a helpful lesson to you. And I invite you to be back with us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. If you have the opportunity, be right here on TGRN.org. You can also listen to these later. Um, All of our programs are linked to our website, MarsHillCoc.org. I look forward to being back with you again. And until we meet again, may God continue to bless you.